Hello and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes in some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Chris. I'm Brittany. On this episode, we'll be discussing leadership in Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra. Yeah. <laughs> Do you consider yourself a leader? Uh, I have been at times in my life, but I definitely wouldn't consider myself one now. Interesting. Yeah. What times in your life have you been a leader? So, like, back when I was in high school, I had, I did some, like, leadership things at my church, and in some ways, sometimes, kind of, if people were taking too long to decide what to do or to go in a room or whatever, eventually I would just start walking, and then the whole group would end up following me. To go in a room? If people were, like, discussing things and, like, they weren't going into the service early and, you know, mm-hmm. like, they were just not paying attention to what was going on, I'd just be like, eh, if I start walking, then everybody else <laughs> will follow eventually <laughs> when it works. So there's things like that. And then when I was in college, I had a lot of leadership positions on campus and, and stuff. So definitely there have been a lot of times when I have, but nothing recently because hmm. yes I'm too tired to lead people <laughs> what about you i think that i often find myself in leadership positions but i don't necessarily think i'm a good leader i think that i'm a capable person <laughs> and that has often led me to be the person who is put in charge of things and so certainly with student organizations and then nonprofit organizations and things like that. Like I've been someone who shows up with typically good ideas. So other people will often ask me to take on leadership roles. Mm-hmm. And so I've taken those fairly often, but I don't like the skills needed specifically for a leader, not like in getting things done or coming with ideas, but in leading a group of people are not skills that I come naturally by. See, cause that's the thing. I feel like you well, maybe we shouldn't get into it. We can we can save it for a future leadership conversation. In How one enticing. of our other episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Just laying the bait out there. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we should go on to our quote then. Sounds good. So our quote is from book one of Avatar The Last Airbender, episode four, The Warriors of Kyoshi. So this is from the beginning of the episode when Zuko is meditating and Iroh comes into the room. And Zuko says... The only reason you should be interrupting me is if you have news about the Avatar. Well, there is news, Prince Zuko, but you might not like it. Don't get too upset. Uncle, you taught me that keeping a level head is a sign of a great leader. Now whatever you have to say, I'm sure I can take it. Okay, then. We have no idea where he is. What?! Uh, and as fire of, goes everywhere yeah, basically he sets fire everywhere <laughs> meditation does not go well <laughs> such a great leader young zuko one really <laughs> and I, I like it in particular because zuko's had all the clearly he's had all these lessons on what it means to be a leader right he's he's been born into leadership he hasn't earned it in any way mm-hmm. and he does not have the skills to go up to <laughs> even those lessons that he's been taught for his whole life or for a very long time right he, he even those he can't live up to because he just doesn't have those skills <laughs> or the care to gain them <laughs> yes or clearly the patience <laughs> yes indeed well i guess we should move on to our analysis of leadership in avatar did you bring a character for us 
Of course I brought one because I actually am on top of the things that are supposed to get done. <laughs> that feels like a pointed comment, but I can't imagine who it's to. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so who's the character that you brought? Okay, so I wanted to talk about a person that people don't necessarily often think of when they think of leadership in Avatar, and that would be Katara. Oh. Exactly. Tell me more. I think one of the characteristics that she has is that she can oftentimes see what needs to be done and then works to make it happen, mm-hmm. which I think is an important characteristic of, of a leader because not everybody can understand what needs to be done and not everybody can actually put those things into motion once they even identify it, you know? So I think she definitely has that. And I think she's also the most, in general, responsible person Mm -hmm. of Team Avatar and is, you know, she's so often, like, keeping everyone together. And even though Sokka is the person who has, like, the plan or the strategy, she's the one who I think really helps make those things actually happen Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And some of it's just from her doing background stuff and some of it's from her doing very active things, whether it's smoothing things over or making sure everybody is, like, in a better place to do what needs to be done. And I think, you know, compassion is something that she's very strong in and that people don't often think about that in terms of leadership. But if you're going to be a good leader, I think you have to have compassion and... Yeah, she has a lot of that. And and so the episode that came to mind when I was first thinking about leadership was when they are in the desert mm. and they go to the library. And then while they're in the library, Appa is stolen. And basically they are stranded in the library. <laughs> and she is the only person who holds it together and keeps them going and figures out what needs to be done because Sokka is a buffoon and decides to eat and drink this cactus that he doesn't know Mm. and then is just intoxicated basically the whole episode and Aang is just furious and distraught because Appa's gone and besides Momo now everything is gone from his his people his Mm. heritage his culture and he just, you know, flies off or he's just, you know, has such a depressed mood that he just doesn't want to do anything. And he's upset and Toph is upset with herself because she couldn't actually save Appa and she tried. And yeah, it's just there's so much tension and there's so much reason for these kids, because they are kids, mm-hmm. to just give up or or whatnot and she's the only person who keeps a level head and single-handedly leads the whole team out of the desert to get to you know safety and where they can actually survive and I think yeah she showed a lot of leadership and it's not something that people often think about when they think of her yeah totally it it kind of reminds me of sometimes people will, will say that there's task leadership and team leadership where, you know, mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes a, a team will actually have two leaders, one that's kind of keeping them on task the way you kind of described Sokka, and one who's more managing feelings and expectations and priorities mm-hmm. and, and, and how people are working together and things like that, relationships. And 
while she is, like you said, more responsible than anyone, that is really where she shines as a leader for the team and, and where she's indispensable for the team. Yeah, and I think off of that, like, she keeps hope mm. in that episode when nobody else does. And I think that's a very important thing in a leader, too, to, yeah, keep that hope. And I mean, and that's an integral part of her character anyway. Not to mention, I think that she's the inspiration for Team Avatar. Whereas Aang's, just his status as the Avatar, his existence is her inspiration. That inspiration that then leads the team forward, right? That gives them purpose in ways that are so important. I think it's why it's so important that she is the one who gives the opening narration Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. because she is saying, I believe Aang can save us all. And that is what we are doing in that she's always looking at this grand picture of how the Avatar can bring hope to people. And she gives that hope to the rest of the team and to so many other people that they meet. And I think that that does stem from her. Aang is, is dealing with so much already that it's hard for him to kind of give that to people actively, mm. which she, she really does. What a great character. Yay, Katara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what about you? What is your plot point? I wanted to talk about the leadership of the Earth Kingdom and Ba Sing Se. Because mm. it's bad. <laughs> it's not real good. <laughs> you don't want to live in Bossing Say? Because, <laughs> yeah, when the first time they get to Bossing Say, obviously they're dealing with the Dai Li and, and how the king of Bossing Say has no real power, right? He's a figurehead who believes that he has power mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. who believes that he's running a city and a country that, and is completely delusional as to what that means. And the Dai Li, who have the real power, are much more focused on maintaining the status quo and maintaining that power than actively doing anything. And to me, it just shows how just because there are leaders does not necessarily mean there's leadership. Because we see how most of the city is either in denial, is ignorant, or is just terrorized. And the king may serve as a figurehead, but he's not going out even into the, most of Bossing Se, which itself is so segregated, right? That yeah. the populace itself is not led. And I think that's one of the things that certainly can come with a monarchy. Mm-hmm. But I think that having, like talking about whether it be task leadership or, or team leadership, there's none of that going on. There, or I guess there's no team leadership. There's just task leadership. There's just do this, maintain the supplies, maintain the wall, continue X, Y, and Z, and there's no war in Bossing Se. And so there is no real sense of purpose i think in the city or in the earth kingdom because of that and then later on we see the earth king after the Dai Li falls or you know is co-opted by azula he just like flees and he just goes off on his own <laughs> take a trip with bosco exactly and like that's great for him but that is in no way stepping up to the responsibilities he has right yeah. whether it's a fair system or not he is its king and he does have power and influence and and if you don't want to be a king and you think monarchy is a bad leadership model which yes it is Mm -hmm. then you're the king change it yeah do something (laughs) about it you are the one who can do something about it and he doesn't and that's why i think it's it's interesting how in cora you know his daughter is the worst (laughs) yeah she's really bad which leads to the rise of kuvira who is a very inspirational leader but also Also aggressive (laughs) aggressive leader right she's she's essentially warmongering in a sense of nationalism. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of that, Prince Wu 
who's what the grandchild of the the king during uh, Avatar's, or maybe the great grandchild. He does say that he's going to abdicate. He does say that mm-hmm, he doesn't mm-hmm. want to be king. And it takes that long for it to kind of get there with all these kinds of failed imperial or monarchical leaderships. And it's just interesting because the the Earth Kingdom is the largest place within this world, right? Yeah. It has more land. And all of this, both the good and the bad, is done throughout both series by these strong dictatorial people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... So little of what we see is a leadership style. Well, and that's that's part of it, too, I think. How do you have any semblance of good leadership when it's over such a vast amount of territory mm. and over such a vast amount of people who obviously have different cultures, different customs, everything? It's hard not to have something dictatorial unless you're going to give sections, you know, their own their own power well and that's the thing i think that a really good leader within the earth kingdom is boomy because Mm. boomy is an amazing bender and he allows himself to get captured in order to stop a war in order Mm -hmm. to protect his people yeah and we see him make that sacrificial play and that is good leadership and i don't actually understand how he can be a king within the earth kingdom underneath the other king yeah it does seem like there's some provinces or something because obviously there's kyoshi which operates mm-hmm. very differently and that's within the earth kingdom too technically. but isn't isn't he actually called king boomy i think so and so that's yeah i so think it's, it's like just king kind of, of a separate city i don't, I don't know, know. <laughs> but it's just interesting to me to see kind of those things play out differently Mm. um because of those different leadership styles and the the intentions and the ways that the leadership of those places interact with their populace yeah yeah totally totally but kind of off of what you were talking about with boomy kind of leads me a bit to my compelling question bring it on which is in the last airbender or legend of korra where do you see examples of selfless leadership Mm. and then like selfish leadership Mm, good question we talked a lot about this with our lord of the rings leadership episode did we well like we talked about how a good leader is a servant to their Ah, leading right Mm -hmm. um and i think that comes with a selflessness and when i think of selfless leadership one thing that does come to mind is tenzin and the airbenders or in book four of korra where they become a kind of rescue force force a a group that is there to help people right to use their power to help people and him in the leadership role he has there is kind of organizing this and i think that is a way where he he could consolidate the airbenders he could protect them and focus instead on rebuilding their populace and their culture and all these things but he is so and they are so outward looking and so even though they're vulnerable they don't focus on protecting themselves, but their focus is entirely on what good they can do for the world. And that, I think, is a really a really selfless act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For selfish leaders, I mean, the Fire Lords, <laughs> pretty obvious ones. Well, so that's that was one of my questions, though. A sub-question. Yeah. If you look at it from the perspective of the leader of the Fire Nation... Ozai or Sozin, it could be understood by them that they were actually doing what was best for their people. Hmm. We don't have a huge window into what 
the people's lives were like in the Fire Nation prior to the opening of, of the show. But yeah, that's that's kind of the question. It's like in a larger scheme of things, and if once he wants to be the Phoenix King, obviously bad leader for the people <laughs> of, you know, the last airbender world. But when you're only looking at it for the Fire Nation, there could I think there could be an argument made that he wasn't doing it for selfish reasons only, hmm. that he was doing it for his people. Obviously, I think his ethics and perspective and everything are wrong, and in leading people down this oppressive path, that's not a good leader. But it's not necessarily a personal selfishness as much as a national selfishness, if that makes sense. No, that's exactly what I was thinking, is that even if the selfishness is beyond their personal self, if it is still prioritizing and privileging those that they care about, even if that is an entire nation, over others, Mm -hmm. I think it is still selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that with Sozin in particular, there was an element of he thought he was doing what was right for the world, right? Mm -hmm. He was wrong. And that (laughs) in of itself is selfish, right? Mm -hmm. But his intentions might have been in some ways less selfish. Mm-hmm. Ozai, I think, is just like, I must burn everything, and mm-hmm. that's not great. Yeah. It's like the fossil fuel companies. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Spokesperson for the fossil fuel companies. Fire Lord Ozai. <laughs> Fire Lord BP. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I think that Azula is more just, <laughs> would be a selfish leader. Mm, totally. Where... I don't think it's really anything for a bigger picture. I think it's more for just personal power. Yeah, she is She is only a leader for a very short time, and she doesn't do great with it. <laughs> well, but she was even leader of just her little band, True. right? She but she didn't selfish. do great with that either. Yeah. So <laughs> When you're, you're a three-person band, two of them turn against you. Probably not a great leader. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> But I was seeing as an example of a selfless leader would be Beifong, Lin, mm. Lin Beifong. I think that she showed good leadership when she basically resigned mm. because she was like, what I need to do, I can't legitimately do through this position. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to misuse my power to do it anyway. I'm going to resign and then do what I feel I need to do outside of the legal obligations that I would have. So true. Yeah. She, so many other characters would just be corrupt, mm-hmm. right? Corrupt for the best of intentions and do the right thing, but do it in a way that is ultimately corrupt. And yeah. she doesn't do that at all. And I, I do love and respect that. She's such a great character. She is such a great character because I think that that is something that so many characters, not in Avatar specifically, but like in TV and movies in general that they struggle so much with Mm -hmm. is that when they have a position of power, this ends justifies the means argument, they they do misuse their power for it. And yeah, I think it's so admirable and shows, I think, true leadership to not do that. Absolutely. Yeah. What what about you? What is your compelling question for me? So my compelling question for you is we, we just finished the second season of Runaways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in Runaways, like in Avatar, the quote-unquote leader of the group for a lot of it 
is the unpowered character. Uh, in that one, it's Alex. In Avatar, it's Sokka, the only non-bender in Team Avatar. And so I was wondering if you have any thoughts on whether this is in a meta way or within the narrative of Avatar, what it means to have a leader of a group that is the least powerful otherwise. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think in terms of Team Avatar, it's helpful that they all are either, you know, related or friends and they're all kids. But I think when you get older and when circumstances are dire, I think it would take a lot of trust for the leader to be a non-powered person to be leading people who they know can just overpower them Hmm. at any moment. So I think it can show a lot of strength to to choose to to have that trust instead Mm. of like, I'm just going to go be a leader of other non-powered people. And it also shows a lot of strength of character that they're still going to choose to be confident and believe in what they're doing, even though they could so easily feel like the weak link in the in the whole machine. And I've I've kind of lost what your actual question was. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think that, that that's an interesting point because I definitely see that with Sokka, right? Mm-hmm. The idea that he he does struggle with that. He struggles yeah. with not being a bender, but he also and and with being a leader. Yeah. And 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 it's the not leading. And that's like just that. public speaking, and nobody's good at that. <laughs> you don't remember? Mm-mm. It's from the the episode right after the nightmares and daydreams one, mm. uh, where Sokka's trying to like tell the whole plan and messes the whole thing up, and then like kind of runs away, and then Aang goes over, and it's just public speaking. Nobody's <laughs> good at that. <laughs> I'm pretty good at that. Shush. <laughs> But yeah, because I think that, that Sokka does have skills in that mm-hmm. area, right? He is a good strategist. Um, like, his plan for the invasion is a good plan. And I think that, that that's always a skill that I've I've liked in characters, in part because, like, I don't know if I'm particularly good at it, but those are the kind of video games I enjoy playing, is the ones that are kind of about building strategies and tactics and, and kind of maneuvering around a field or what have you. So when I see characters who kind of specialize in that, I I really like that. But I also, in a more meta sense, wonder how much the writers of TV shows like this or of media tend to kind of make that a a trope Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of we want a character that brings in this kind of unpowered perspective, but how do we maintain their importance within this group? without giving them a role or a skill. Well, and that's the interesting thing, right? It's that they have to have something that the others don't to justify them being there. Mm -hmm. Which I don't know that that should have to be the case. Because what if, you know, Sokka wasn't great at strategy, but while everybody else had to be out fighting maybe he was good with networking or maybe he was just good at like cooking and cleaning up the camp Mm -hmm. you know like those are very important things as well that yeah i think things that everyday people can do aren't necessarily given a lot of value or weight in in things with superpowered people in general 
so yeah, I think it would be very interesting to see what the dynamics would be like if Sokka wasn't good at those things, but he still came along to support his sister. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I yeah. think that would be that would be really interesting too. And I again, mean, I love those aspects about Sokka. I just totally we totally. don't see that a lot. And it, it reminds me actually of Lord of the Rings because we have four Hobbit characters mm. who don't have a lot of these martial skills yeah. that are considered important. Or don't necessarily have any skills. The only thing that they're bringing is that they've chosen to be there yeah. and they're going to sacrifice to do whatever they can, even if it's very, very small. And that is, I think, one of the reasons why that series is so amazing is because mm. those are the main characters, you know, yeah. and that that's so powerful. But totally. not, not to talk too much about Lord of the Rings on our <laughs> <laughs> Avatar episode. Um, so I guess let's move on to our missed opportunities. Okay. Well, mine <laughs> is actually, I believe, the same missed opportunity that I had for our Lord of the Rings leadership <laughs> episode, which is that there's just not enough good female leadership. Avatar and Korra have more of it than Lord of the Rings does, for sure. Because they have... <laughs> they, have, they have female characters. <laughs> uh, but still, like, the the main ones we get examples of. So there's ones that we don't really get to see very much in action. So you have, like, Kyoshi or Yang Chen, who was the airbender avatar before Aang. And then you have, obviously villainous characters that ultimately fail mm -hmm. with their leadership, which would be Azula, the Earth Queen, and Kuvira. Mm -hmm. And then you have little bits of other things. Like, I wouldn't necessarily consider Korra a big leader. I mean, I think she, she does do things sometimes, but I feel like so much more of her is in a position of learning and dealing with trauma and all of this. So she'll look to other people, I think, for leadership. Not always, but I think it's a little more of the dynamic. And then obviously Asami becomes a leader of like a company and everything like mm. that, but we don't actually get to see it mm -hmm. very much. And so my missed opportunity is that I just wish we got more of an example of just a strong female leader who was awesome besides, you know, like Beifong. And then if you want to see it this way, you know, like someone like Katara, but Beifong is more someone who actually had a position, a leadership position and did good things with it. Although she, you know, she, she failed in some ways too. So yeah, I just wish that there was like some just solid female leadership in addition to other deeper layers of female leadership as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's actually kind of in the same spectrum because my missed opportunity is that in the Northern Water Tribe, it takes Katara coming in and standing up to the leadership there for them mm. to realize how misogynistic and terrible it is. Yeah. Right? And we don't see that. Well, and we don't even know how much they realize that versus that she just gets to be trained because she insists on it. Yeah. And I just, I feel like it deserves having members of that community standing up against this practice, or at least mm -hmm, mm -hmm. being shown that this is an oppressive practice, right? Yeah. Because the only person we see it oppressing is Katara, is someone who is an outsider. And it's great that she's able to stand up. And it, it's, it's nice because she's at least I mean, from you a... you see it a little bit with Yue, right? She doesn't want to have to, you know, just be married off. Yeah, that's true. But 
the practice specifically but she of doesn't healing, stand up to right? it. and she doesn't stand up to it, and yeah. ultimately she does sacrifice herself, which I think is is a great action that she has. But I also wish that she had a bit more agency in doing that because she kind of mm-hmm. had no other choice. She was born to do this, you know, and mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that it could have been framed a bit more as like, no, I have the power to do this, and I need to do this. And either way, I think that. They could have done more with, if that was going to be a source of conflict in this society, is this really terrible gendered leadership policy, it would have been great to have more of seeing the the negative effects of that. And that could have been UA herself being like, I wish I'd been trained in mm-hmm. this way, right? Or herself like teach just like a couple scenes of her being like they won't train me this way so i've tried to learn myself how to use my water bending in certain ways or whatever else it might be yeah i mean i think she was a non-bender but yeah that's true but they yeah could have made her not a non-bender really. well, or like for sure they should have done that in the last airbender but also like they could have shown that in Korra. Mm. but instead when you go to the southern water tribe who's in power men mm-hmm. you know obviously katara had some roles to play in teaching and and doing different things there but like yeah you you didn't really get to see that much change happen yeah but also which i forgot to mention before when we were talking about katara as a good leader i think another way that she's a good leader is that she calls out problems and she calls out destructive behavior and perspectives Mm. and discrimination and oppression when she sees it i mean like the first scene of the entire series is her basically telling her brother like stop being so sexist Mm -hmm. and she just she'll call it out and she did it with you know master paku as well like i think that that is so important in a leader and i think so often leaders feel like they have to peacemake or they have to like they have to cater to everybody instead of sometimes calling out wrong things when it's there and yeah she does that totally yeah well i guess we should should move on to to our wrap-up so what was your lesson that you learned from this conversation yeah, I think it's just interesting to think about different ways of leadership. And I th- now, now after this conversation, if we do watch a series or a movie or something and we see a non-powered person in a group and they don't have the kind of stereotypical strategy, I'll definitely take a lot more notice of that now than I would have previously. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about you? I think my takeaway is is to kind of look a little bit more at more subtle forms of leadership. Looking at this in leadership after we looked at Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings, we focus so much on leadership styles of kings and rulers. And I liked how here we talked about another other facets of leadership where we see what it means to lead a group and to be a team leader and one that's focusing on relationships and, and feelings and things like that. And, and seeing that as real leadership and seeing that valued in a group and and in media i think is important and so Mm -hmm. trying to look to see where i see more of that particularly because those non-traditional leadership roles tend to be filled more with non-traditional leaders typically women people of color you know people who don't fit the straight white male archetype that tends to be put into leadership roles in media Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah well could you bring up what we're talking about next week once we go back to star wars i can So, we are going to be talking about (laughs) war. War in Star Wars. Yep. All right. War in Star Wars. That will be exciting. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. (laughs) 
Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. You can also go to our website, bit.ly slash geekbetweenthelines, or go to our Patreon site at patreon.com slash geekbetweenthelines. If you want to join our wonderful sponsors, you can get the same kind of benefits they have, which includes extra episodes, bonus content, our top five list of the month of other things that we recommend, all sorts of other fun goodies. Thank you so much to all those who, who already support us in that way, and uh, we, we hope that, that more of you will join. Another way that you can support us is by giving us a rating or review on any of your podcatcher, particularly in Apple Podcasts. That really helps us find new, new listeners and uh, to help grow our podcast. Yeah, we haven't gotten any new reviews in a while, so we're looking at you, even though we can't see you. But you know we're looking at you. Yep. See these eyebrows? <laughs> okay, stop doing it. <laughs> they can't see you. <laughs> I can hear it. <laughs> With that, we're going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you so much again for listening, and until next week, geek, geek out! out.